One evening, Mario had a strange dream. He dreamt of a long stairway leading up to a door. As soon as the door opened, he was confronted with a world he had never seen before, spreading out as far as his eyes could see. When he strained his ears to listen, he heard a faint voice saying, Welcome to Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hey everyone, I'm Travis, and I'm joined by John Dotson and Tim. And in this episode, we are reviewing Super Mario Bros. 2 on the NES. Super Mario Bros. 2 was originally released in Japan as a graphically similar update to the original Super Mario Bros., but with some more difficult segments and a few new gameplay elements. But uh, when Nintendo of America decided that the original was too difficult for Western audiences, Nintendo modified another game called Doki Doki Panic, adding in characters from the Mario Mario universe, and released that as Super Mario Bros. 2 in the US and PAL regions. And if you've ever played the original Super Mario Bros. 2, you might understand why it, it is not very easy. But even though this game was never originally intended to be part of the Mario franchise, various characters and gameplay elements from Super Mario Bros. 2 influenced future Mario games and spin-offs. So guys, what are your thoughts on Super Mario Bros. 2? John? Of all the three NES Mario games, Mario 2 is my most loved because it's firstly really bright and a really vibrant game. It showed me what you can really do with the NES. So if you compare it to the original Super Mario Brothers and then look at Doki Doki Panic, I really enjoy that, you know, with hardware updates, this is a kind of game you could bring to the NES. And secondly, it's dreamlike tone to it that to date no Mario game has really recreated. I think in general, Mario 2 has its own voice that no other Mario game really has. And I think that that is one of the reasons why it gets a little, it's a little despised in modern, in the modern context, maybe in the Mario community, which I don't understand, which I don't, I don't share that because some people say it's not a real Mario game. Oh, it's, you know, it's Doki Doki Panic, right? It's not a real Mario game. Firstly, like, I don't care if it's a real... Well, firstly, it's a real Mario game. It's really in the canon. (laughs) And secondly, I'm really happy that it's not like the other ones. And if it's a reskin of Doki Doki Panic, so be it. It's it's an amazing one. And if you compare it to the original Doki Doki Panic game, it's actually better in a lot of ways. Uh, A lot of the changes they made are are improvements uh, to the original game, I would say. So um, another thing about Mario 2 that's really cool is there are mechanics in Mario 2 that are wholly unique to it, such as potions that create a door you can walk through that sort of take you to a dark alternate of the area you're in to get mushrooms and coins. In this game, mushrooms uh, don't make you big. They actually give you more life energy dots per stage, which is an interesting mechanic. You can also duck for a few seconds to make you flash and you can do a super jump. Um, and a lot of those mechanics didn't really make it to any other Mario games. Like you don't have potions, you don't enter the 
dark stage, you know, coins and Mario games don't give you access to um, and at the end of the level, the ability to spin, you know, for extra lives and that kind of thing. So it, it's really a sort of a unique game in itself. And uh, but some mechanics have persisted on that became the foundation for a lot of really cool uh, Mario games. For instance, you, you've got that Mario, Luigi, Toad and Princess and Mario 2 are different. They handle uniquely. And that sort of persisted to the new Super Mario Brothers games uh, to a certain degree. Um, I would say like initially Super Mario Brothers 2 is an easier game than uh than uh the the lost levels as it were but it's not that easy of a game i mean i would say that it's still really challenging later on and if you go through the game without warping it's really hard it's not as hard as the lost levels by any stretch but i don't know i was really rolled by that final birdo fight before war that was really hard i don't know you guys should talk about that one if you got that far but you know, it's like a moving floor and Birdo shoots eggs and fire and that kind of, and it's just, I had to come at that fight like a hundred times. Thank God for save states. Mm-hmm. That one, yep. um, it's also sped up too, right? Like the Birdo, it fires stuff out at you faster than the other Birdos in the other stages. It's possible. It's a challenge, you know, and there's it, yeah. that wall there where they, they can bounce back and hit you the, and I'm just, the eggs and it's <laughs> yes. just such a hard boss fight so and ward is a joke compared to that so i think he's really the final boss which is that final birdo because ward is not as challenging as that so mario 2 it's my favorite of the nes games mario's i'm really happy it's got its own voice it does something really different and frankly my biggest critique of the new super mario Bros. games is they're a bit samey and mario 2 feels like a refresher in the a really refreshing game you know, in the Mario side-scrolling genre. All right, Tim. Yeah, uh, Super Mario Brothers 2, it's kind of a weird game, but I think that works too. It's, it's not kind of weird. It is a weird game. It is very weird, but, I, <laughs> it's so but in a weird. good way, and I think it really works to its benefit. Uh, I So I'm going to pose this question to you, to you guys, because this was something I was thinking about earlier when um, we were getting ready to record this episode. I was trying to think about what Mario game I've put the most time into. And while I can't say for sure, it might be this one. Because this was one of the very first video games I ever actually owned as a kid. And I kind of just never stopped playing it. <laughs> like, I, I played I played the hell out of it on the original Nintendo. Even after Mario Brothers 3 came out, I would still go back and play Mario 2. And then Mario All-Stars came out, and I played it on that. And then I played it on emulators. And then the NES Classic came out, and then I've been playing it on that. And it's, uh... If it's not the game... Like, uh, it's if it's not the Mario game I've put the most hours to, it's definitely in, in like, one of the top three or something like that. Probably top two. <laughs> but I, I was curious, uh, what for you guys, like, what are the Mario games that you've sunk the most time into? I would say probably the first one i don't think that's my favorite one by a long shot but for a while it was the only one that i had and i played the hell out of it and then like i said in our last up last uh nes classic review episode i tried my hand at speed running super mario brothers and you know didn't get great at it or anything but i put a lot of hours into it for that and i still come back and play it if i want to 
play something for 15 minutes, I'll go beat Super Mario Brothers really quick. But um, I'd say Super Mario Brothers 2 is probably in like third place for most hours behind the first one in three. For me, that would be Super Mario World. When I got the Super Nintendo is when I started playing Nintendo a lot, a lot. And I, I mean, I played Nintendo a lot before that, but Super Mario World, I played a ton um, I, I would say it would probably be a tie between Mario 2 and Mario 3, but probably Mario 3 more because I never really owned Mario 2 for a long time. I know, Tim, you owned it initially, and I played it at your house, but I never had it for a while until Mario All-Stars. So I would probably say it's Mario World, Mario 3, and then Mario 2 after that. Yeah, I agree with what you guys are saying. It's um, it's a very weird game, uh, It's it, and that is to its credit, I think. And I, I've, I didn't play this game until after the first and third one. And this was before the internet and I didn't really know anything about it. And I got it as a gift and I was like, what the hell is this shit? This isn't a Mario game, but I I came, I came to love it quite a bit. Um, I'm not sure which is my favorite on the NES. It's either the, either this one or three. That is such a hard question to answer, but yeah, I love how weird this is. I love that it's something really unique to the franchise that you haven't seen anywhere else. Uh, with the exception of a few things that carried forward. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked playing as all the different characters, picking different characters for different, different levels. Um, but yeah, overall fantastic game. And yeah, I'm glad that they decided to release Doki Doki panic in the U S in some form, at least because it's a real treat to play. Okay, so um, we had a submission by Cheerful Ghost user Jelte, uh, who wrote, Super Mario Bros. 2, along with Section Z, was actually the first Nintendo game I ever owned. I got it for my birthday at the same time as the system itself. My friends and I played nonstop for hours on end. Um, thank you, Jelte, for uh, submitting that. I, I agree. I had a very similar experience uh, playing it with my cousin Tim, actually, who's we're talking about the game right now, so thanks for that. And I also want to let everyone know that... Um, before we do any of our NES reviews, if you want to talk about the game that we're going to be reviewing, just submit your con- uh, comments on Cheerful Ghost and we'll read them out in the episode itself. So, Tim, in the the event, you mentioned that Toad was the best character. So I wanted to ask you guys yes. what your favorite characters are. Tim, I know what your answer is going to be, so go ahead. But tell us why <laughs> you like Toad so much. OK, so I, I get why everybody likes the princess the best is she's got that hover ability that is great and princess mvp yeah and it and it takes a lot of the guesswork out of some of the uh the platforming elements but um toad is my favorite because like once you start to get a hang of the game and you don't need to rely on the princess's glide as much toad is so fast compared to the other characters and like once you get into the zone and you're flying through a stage, like his speed really pays off. And for that reason, he's my my favorite character. Yeah, I mean, there are two characters that I mean, clearly it's the princess, right? There are two characters that I use. I talked about one of them, which is Toad. And Tim's right. There's stages where if you pick Toad, he picks up things so fast, you're able to get more coins and therefore more chances to win lives at the end of the level. Um I think that there's another character that I use and it's for a warp in world five, I believe, what is it? Five, three or five, two or something like that. And picking Luigi, you can do a super jump to warp all the way to stage eight. 
And so that's the other character. I sort of spoiled this in the events that I would talk about that in the episode. But they're just two. I use Princess for every stage except for two. In World 1, 2, I use Toad to collect all the coins. And then I use Luigi in 5-3 historically. Um, I definitely want to come back to the game because I think you're right, Tim. I think Toad is really good. I think that if you're maybe not ready to take on Toad, you can do Mario because he's basically between Toad and um like mario has a longer jump he's faster but he's not quite as fast uh toad has a shorter jump but i I think you're right i think his speed just kind of like allows you to just zoom through the game which is actually really neat yeah i have always preferred the princess but there are a couple of levels and there's one specifically i can't remember which one it is where there is a lot of digging you go down into a pipe and you've got to dig these the dirt away to get down to the bottom and there are so many enemies and toad is perfect for that level because he can actually get out of the way of the enemies since he can dig much faster but overall yeah i prefer the princess just because of that long ass glide that she can do it's it's really helpful in a lot of situations especially the ice world the less time you have to spend on the ground in that level is the better because yeah totally true i've i've died so many times just falling off the ice in those in those levels so, Tim, did you do Toad the entire game, or do you do Princess sometimes, too? Um, I I use Toad a lot. I, I go back and forth between Toad and the Princess. Um, Travis, that, that digging stage I think you're referring to, I think that stage... Um, oh, gosh, I know which one you're talking about. I think it's 2-1? Uh, I think it's in World 2, because that's the desert one. But there's one where mm-hmm. it's like there's this big, huge vertical section... And you have to dig through uh, sand to like get down there. And yeah, Toad yep. is phenomenal for that because he just he can plow through that so fast. Um, and then it was funny you mentioned the ice stage because that's also I also use Toad for that one. Huh. Um, and I spend most of my time actually sliding underneath the enemies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On uh, on that one, I I, I had memorized the how the enemies show up. And so I would just like get a running start duck slide on the ice. And then every time I needed to would jump over one that was low enough to hit me and then just keep sliding the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I, I use toad for most of the game on the stages that I'm not as good at. I'll, I'll switch over to the princess because she, um, like I said, she, she takes a lot of the guesswork out of some of those jumps. Um, I would say the character I use the least is actually Mario because agreed. There's a couple stages where Luigi's high jump comes into play, but Mario kind of being in the middle of, of all the other characters, he might be great for a beginner, but um, I feel like because all the other characters excel at something that in any given situation, he's never the best pick. Yeah. I know that that one segment you're talking about in the ice level, it, it's almost like that, that one dreaded battle toads level where you have to memorize where the enemies are coming from to get through the level. Ah, I died so <laughs> yes. many times in that, in that ice level with the flying birds coming at you, man, that was, that was rough. Hey there. 
This is John Dotson from Cheerful Ghost Radio, and thanks for listening to the show. If you like what we're doing here and want to help support us, I encourage you head over to Cheerful Ghost and click the heart at the top of the page. You can help us fund the important work of this podcast and Cheerful Ghost by supporting us on Patreon, which is a site for funding the things you love. If you fund us at a member level, you get awesome benefits on Cheerful Ghost, so head over, find out what funding level works for you, and support Cheerful Ghost today. So head over to CheerfulGhost.com, click the heart, and support us on Patreon. So as we mentioned, um, the original Super Mario Brothers 2 in Japan was totally different. It was eventually released in the U.S. as the Lost Levels on Super Mario All-Stars. So did you guys play through this, and did you beat it? Tim? Oh, the Lost Levels? Oh, gosh, no, yeah. I didn't. I, I have played it. I have not beaten it. It is rough. <laughs> I uh, I did get Super Mario All-Stars. Uh, and, yeah, the, the Lost Levels are hard, man. That Very much be, so. That might be something kind of fun to go back and do, because I haven't p- tried playing those in a long time. John, how about you? So I had uh, All Stars. It, yeah, I think everyone bought that game. It was great. I remember also when it was bundled in with the Super Nintendo along with Super Mario World, which might be the best pack in game title ever for a game yep. system, yep. which is Mario World plus All Stars. Like what? That's that's an incredible game card. That might be the coolest game card ever, honestly. Um, yeah, so I, I played it a little bit. I, I didn't really, I mean, maybe more than a handful of stages, not much more than that. I, I just, it just wasn't fun for me. You know, I, I think now I'm a lot more appreciative of hard games for that kind of challenge. But at the time I really wasn't, it just wasn't something that it was, it was interested in at the time. But yeah, I've definitely played it. And like Tim, you know, it would be really cool to come back and play it again. So yeah, but, um, yeah, I played it. Yeah, I played, um, I, I've never beaten it myself, but I was at a sleepover once with three other dudes and we took turns playing it and eventually did beat it. And awesome. I can't remember how long, how long, oh man, I don't, we started at like, I want to say like four o'clock in the afternoon and, you know, paused to eat a couple times and finished it at like 6am the next morning. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. nice. We were just determined to get through that, but oh man, it, it is very difficult. And like, I, I was okay up until the part where they introduce wind, and you, when you you aren't sure where your jump's going to land because you're not used to jumping in the wind. So man, that that was tricky. And like that was in like the third third level, I think, third world, and it was far more difficult than the weird platforming in World Eight in the original super Mario brothers. And then it just gets harder from there, man. It's, it's rough. So with that in mind, do you think it was a good idea for Nintendo to not release that in the U S and instead port Doki Doki panic over just as from a business standpoint, was that a better idea for them? You know, I don't know if it was a, the best like business sense idea. My, my gut says yes, but, um, just, Personally, I'm very glad they did because this is a phenomenal game and I doubt I would have played it if it had been titled Doki Doki Panic at the time. (laughs) You know, I uh, but Super Mario 2. Yes, I'm all over that. And I am so glad that I've gotten to play this game. John, how about you? 
Yeah, because now we can play both games, and one of the games is actually yeah. a Mario game. So if, I think so. And then it released in Japan as Super Mario USA. So they even got the game that we got Marioized, you know. So absolutely, because I think that you know you, you get the fun, weird Mario game, and then you get the you have have access to the old hard one if you want. And business decision, I think so. But I don't look at it like that. I just look at it in terms of it's cool to have more things and more different takes on Mario. And even if that means reskinning something else, like in this instance, it worked really well. So absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. We have uh, talked about Super Mario Brothers 1 the legacy of that game uh, in the last review episode. Uh, And it's kind of hard to talk about these games, like the legacy that they've had since they're kind of incremental. But I think this one is a little bit easier because it introduced a lot of new things. John, talk a bit about Super Mario Brothers 2's legacy. Yeah. I talked a little bit about some of the mechanics that came back in other games already. There are two things that I want to talk about, two characters in this game. Well, three characters, but we'll start with two. That show up a lot in other Mario games, and that's Birdo and Shy Guy. So those guys, uh, those characters, sorry, uh, shouldn't gender them, uh, show up in Mario Kart games quite a lot. In fact, um, Shy Guy's, you know, uh, was playing with friends, Mario Kart, and someone picked Shy Guy, and it was really cool. You know, he could pick any color of Shy Guy in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is really neat. And um, specifically Birdo as a character, I kind of want to talk about Birdo and the history of Birdo a little bit. This one's kind of going to be tricky because we're talking about gender and this is back in the 90s when maybe we didn't talk about it or it wasn't like approached like we do in 2019. So hopefully you're all along for the for the ride with me um, sort of in that kind of thing. But back in the day, so you guys all have access to the Mario 2 game manual so, um, yeah, I would love for, do you guys have that open on your screen right now? I do. I do. Yep. Great. Tim, can you scroll, Tim, I, do you mind reading off what this says about Birdo? Scroll down to that part. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm looking for it. Ah, you go. know what I'm talking about too, right? We've talked I about do, this. I do. I do. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Scroll Birdo. Down. Uh, he thinks he is a girl and he spits eggs from his mouth. He'd rather be called Birdetta. Okay. So. You and I both read that. What did you think of that in the 90s when we were like six or eight or whatever when this game came out? What did you think about it then? I don't know. I was probably just like, uh, no, that's weird. And then went back to playing the game. Yeah, I thought it was cool and I didn't really think about it, to be honest with you. Um, But I like and then later on in the Mario cartoon, um, Birdo kind of has that has that sort of flair which i thought was always cool i didn't really really think about it too much but when i sort of like think about this character now um i can't help but like think about like i don't like the way nintendo talks about this but i don't have a problem with more of like gender fluid characters in games now and it's even in it's it's interesting sort of when you think about Japanese uh, culture and how they think about gender and and that kind of thing. And then you think about Birdo and how sort of they're thinking about the time. But I think it's really interesting to have a character who might possibly now they don't speak to it. This isn't written very well for 2019, but could potentially be a trans character. I think is actually really interesting. And then if you sort of like and if you take that Mario lore now, uh, Birdo's actually the romantic interest for Yoshi. <laughs> So 
I can't wait. What? I did not know this. Yes. Yes. So no, look up either. look up Yoshi <laughs> and Nintendo and Yoshi are romantically involved. You guys could you guys could search for that right now. So I think that's actually really kind of interesting. So I, Nintendo really doesn't talk about Birdo now in terms of like they don't they're not really like uh, very specific, you know, about this particular topic, but it's kind of an interesting 90s bit that I kind of accepted. And I still kind of hope that that's what Nintendo's thinking, you know, maybe has that sort of gender fluidity in there. Uh, maybe I'm just kind of reading my own thought in there, but that's kind of what I think is kind of interesting about the game's legacy and something I think about. But um, in terms of uh, other characters in the game, uh, you've got Wart as a bad guy, which is really cool because it's one of the first times that you have a bad guy in a Mario game that's not Koopa, right? Which is really cool. Or Bowser. Um, but I don't think that's aged too well because I don't know if he's ever showed up in a Mario game. I think the only other time he showed up in a game that I know about, Tim, stop me if I'm wrong, is actually in Link's Awakening as um, kind of an Easter egg when you need to learn a particular song on your ocarina. Have you seen him pop up in any other games? Because I don't think he has, right, Wart? Oh, man, I am I am so lost in the uh, rabbit hole of Yoshi and Birdo dating right now. I, I don't know <laughs> if I can focus on anything else. Yeah. Oh, did you find that they actually do date? You, you've, you've, you've confirmed that, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it, it apparently totally... started in Mario Tennis. Yeah, it mentions it in Birdo's Wikipedia file, and it's also uh, showing up on a couple of other sites, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thank you, that's Miyamoto, awesome. for that. That's that's actually incredible. So, um, Hey, I ship it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. So I don't know if Ward is a bad guy. Like, I would love for Ward to show up in, like, new Super Mario Brothers. You know, that would be great, just as an alternate, you know bowser stand in uh, another thing that has never really showed up in a mario game was subcons. so spoiler alert um at the end of the game um you find out that mario's actually been sleeping and you say the subcons that you're saving are kind of like a shorthand for your subconscious ha 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 and one of the cool things about the ending of the game is mario wakes up when the game's over and you find out it's been a dream and he just goes right back to bed i'm just like what <laughs> he doesn't even get up. He doesn't get out. He's like, oh, well, let's go back. So it sort of happened. Uh, and it was kind of cool. But uh, and I kind of hope like one of the legacy elements is you bring back vegetables as some sort of in-game item, which they really haven't uh, in any Mario game. But I mean, that's kind of how I think of the legacy now, which is you've got, you know, these characters that have extended way, way beyond like Birdo and Shy Guy. But then you also have, you know, other elements that I'd really like to bring back, you know, Wharton and, and that kind of thing. So, uh, yep. All right, Tim, what about you? I don't know, man. I'm still kind of just in shock over this Birdo and Ed Yoshi thing. How did I not know about this? And now I have so many questions because, like, it's always been weird that Yoshi is supposed to be primarily a male character but lays eggs. And then, then we got Birdo, like, shooting eggs out of his or her mouth. And, like, I have questions about, like, do the eggs come from Yoshi? Like, did Yoshi give Birdo the eggs? Is that where they come from? Or does... Birdo bake the eggs herself. I I am so I am so confused. I have so many questions. <laughs> Sorry, what were you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the legacy of Super Mario Brothers Two. Well, the legacy of Super Mario Two is introducing the character Birdo and <laughs> the the enduring legacy of her romantic entanglement with Yoshi. Now, that's that's the legacy I'm interested in. <laughs> 
Yeah, I like the a lot of the enemies that started off in Super Mario Brothers 2 kept going like the the ninji and the babam show up in Mario 3 and the the world 8 tank levels and stuff like that. Uh shy guys show up repeatedly. Um and the the way that each of the four playable characters has their own strengths and weaknesses is something that really showed up it kind of went forgotten for a long time and it showed back up later on uh especially with the new super mario brothers games that had multiple playable characters and they would have their own strengths and weaknesses and the super mario brothers or super mario run on ios and android it's basically the same four playable characters until you unlock more that have they the four characters from Super Mario Brothers 2 have the exact same strengths and weaknesses. Luigi has his high jump, Toad is fast, the princess can glide. Her glide is different, but Mario is kind of the again the weakest character just because he doesn't have any major strengths. Yeah, I really like how they've pulled some elements from that forward, but you know, I still wish that they would kind of revisit this world in a new Super Mario Brothers game or something like that where you have the Mousers and the Birdos and everything to fight like back then. Yeah, I would love to see a new kind of like a new take on these characters in this theme with Wart maybe being the, the big bad. Um, that would be cool. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong here, but this was the very first time that the princess and Toad were playable. And also the first mm-hmm. time that Mario and Luigi had distinct um, abilities. So that was correct. kind of a... Yes. And those, yeah, that was a a nice addition and something that's definitely carried on with the series. Nintendo, if you're listening to Cheerful Ghost Radio, and let's be honest, you're not. But if you were, <laughs> what I would love in Super Mario Maker 2 is a Super Mario Brothers 2 level theme palette. So oh, that we yes. could make Mario 2 stages because Super Mario Maker has historically had... Well, historically in two games, I suppose. Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, Mario World, and New Super Mario Brothers. Okay? I'd love to see some new palettes. One of those palettes I'd love to see. Super Mario Brothers 2. Love to see it. Love to put some shy guys in the level. Love to get that uh, those mechanics in there. So, uh, make it. Absolutely. Yes. Alright guys, let's rate Super Mario Bros. 2 on the ghost scale. Tim. I think it's no question that this is a must play. If you have any means of playing this, either the original, the NES Classic version, or the Super Mario All-Stars, play it. It is so much fun. It's a great game. John? I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. To heck with the (laughs) rules, sir. To heck with the rules, ma'am. But um, every one of these Nintendo Mario games is going to get a must play from me. Like, it's just going to happen. How could I not? How could I not do that? Like, they're amazing games. They're pinnacles of platforming. I love them all. So I love this game. It's a must play. You you know what I'm going to say about this, kids. You know what I'm going to tell you. You could have bet on it and you would have you would have. You, 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 well, no one would have taken the alternate bet, obviously, because that would have been a terrible bet to take. But of <laughs> course, I love this game and it's it's really fun. And, you know, if you're going to play it or not, 
Um, one of the ways that I played this game was off through Nintendo Online. So I have access to pretty much all the games on the NES Classic on the Switch now. And I played it that way. And it's it's really good. I'm going to do a side-by-side kind of teardown of what I think the emulation is like versus the NES Classic versus the Switch. Uh, spoiler, it's really good. Um, couldn't really, it didn't even notice a difference. Didn't notice any flicker. Um, input lag was, was just not existent uh, for me. Uh, there's a little bit on the NES Classic. So it's 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 a great game and you should play it. And um, yeah, you already know if you're going to play it or not. And you should because it's it's a fun game Just sit down and just maybe play the first handful of levels, you know, maybe make it all the way to Mouser, the first boss and beat it. And it's just a fun, fun game. And it's a really great Mario game. And if you don't want to, then maybe wait till Super Mario Maker 2 comes out. And if they have Mario 2 themed levels, I'm going to make one for you to play. <laughs> so <laughs> you could wait for that. That might be fun for you, too. So uh, it's a great it's it's a great game. I'm glad it was around. It's a sp- it's my favorite Mario game on the NES. Yeah, I think there are some games when we review them, we could just skip the ghost scale rating because, you know, we're going to give it a must play. And that this is one of them. It's hands down a must play. It's um, one of the best games on the NES period. One of the best games that I can even remember. It is so good. Uh, even though I still don't know if it's my favorite Mario game on the NES even. It's just those games were that good and you it would be a shame to miss out on it. So if you've got access to it, and I'm sure you do at this point because it, you can play it on just about everything, play it. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening. <laughs>